Looking to hit your money goals faster? Today, we'll share one couple's unconventional tips that allowed them to save more than half their income. Welcome to Couple Money, a podcast focused on helping spouses get on the same page, dump their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom together. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Learn how by visiting bankbetter.org. Did you know that saving more was one of the top three goals for finances for 2022? Actually, as I've been reviewing the data from Fidelity's financial resolution studies, I've noticed that's been there for several years. Understandably so, because there are plenty of goals families are saving up for. You have very specific goals, like an emergency fund, vacation, down payment for a house, or money to start a business. You could be stashing away and investing money in your 401k or IRA for retirement. Or you may want to help out your kids with college or wedding expenses. Hmm, maybe saving half isn't enough. Sometimes it does feel that way. Hopefully, those goals I mentioned just highlight why it's so important for us to get into the habit of saving. The good news is all this month, we're going to be examining different stories and ways that you can not only save money, but still have a life and have fun. By looking at how other families manage their money, you can test these ideas out and see which ones work best for you. Which is why I've pulled this conversation I had with Matt from Distilled Dollar out of the archive. He's definitely someone I'd consider a super saver, but that wasn't always the case. As you hear in just a bit, he and his now wife had started off with over six figures of student loan debt. In our chat, Matt breaks down what motivated them to pursue financial independence and become super savers, how they approach their spending. It's not a traditional budget, and then some hacks they do to keep their expenses low while living in an expensive city like Chicago. Are you ready? Let's get started. So for us, basically rewind three years ago and we were living paycheck to paycheck. I was 24 and she was 23. At the time, crippled with student loan debt. And I mean, I think it was 150K in student loan debt between the two of us. I guess my only advantage was I had read at least 100 personal finance books at that point. Obviously a big nerd or geek in that area. But my problem was like failing to implement what I learned and put that into practical habits. Our problem together was that we were obviously heading in the wrong direction. I mean, we wouldn't fight about money, but there was this underlying current of stress and turmoil associated with paying off our loans and you know, even paying for our routine bills. So fast forward to today, we're now saving uh, 60% of our income and on a path to financial independence by the age of 35, which is just crazy to think about. That's basically the mini version of our story. So it's been quite a ride so far. Yeah, I was reading and keeping up with your site, and I noticed you're going toward financial independence by 35. Who came up with that first? What were those conversations you were having? Yeah, I, I think it was sort of something that I had originally. I guess I was reading a lot of books in college and trying to understand more about finance. One of the books I picked up was this biography 
of Ben Franklin. And in that book, it describes how he was able to retire at the age of 42. Up until that moment, I just never even thought you could do that. I just sort of just assumed you worked forever and, you know, to 65. But it opened the door of this idea that you could work and accumulate enough money and then, you know, quote unquote, retire but then you could still work on things you're passionate about. So I'm reading this biography and he goes into science and discovers all these things about electricity and he gets into politics and he does all these great things. I think a lot of it spawned from this early striving to become independent financially. So that, that was just the biggest epiphany I had. And then when I started dating and I've just sort of shared those same ideas of if we can get to a point where we design the lifestyle we want today and then save everything that's extra and get to a point where we could travel more or take jobs that are worth half the pay, this opens up hundreds of doors. So I think she was on board and then, you know, over time, I think we've built up a lot of great habits and tweaked our budgets or whatever. And, and you know, it takes a long time to get there, but that's sort of what sparked it originally. And then now, yeah, happy to be over ahead now. You're doing fantastic. I mean, that's huge percent of income. You guys are working together. I want to talk just a little bit about how you do your, I guess, would you call budget spending plan? It seems like you're yeah, not so. naturally someone who likes a budget, but with the results you're having, there has to be some kind of way you're on top of your money. I, yeah, I had a post a while back and you'd mentioned it, you know, to budget or not to budget. And I basically talk about how we actually don't budget at all. We don't do the traditional sense of at the beginning of the month or the year, you know, allocating certain categories and expenses. We sort of taken like a backwards approach, I guess. We use Mint.com, which is free in the U.S. Basically just tracks all our credit card spend. Personal capital does the same thing and it's great. And we just sort of started identifying areas where we were spending a lot of money. And then just we reacted to, you know, oh, hey, we spent a lot of money on this the last three months. Maybe we should think differently about how we do that. Example from this last year that was really helpful was we realized how much money we were spending on um, dining out and food and going to a, a dinner and like, grabbing a glass of wine. So we looked at that and then that was an easy solution to go. And uh, we basically just like started looking at ways we can decrease the spend there. So we started cooking a lot more and figuring out systems that would you know, help us do that. For example, like I cook probably like six hours on Sundays now for basically food for the entire the week. And that, you know, that's obviously helped us get to that 60% target. So just basically looking at areas that we spent money and then asking ourselves, you know, is that something that we want to do or is that sort of just chain flipping through the pocket kind of thing there and asking ourselves, is this part of the lifestyle we want? For us, dining out was great and all, but I think we were much happier banking that money towards our student loans or our investments towards our future, you know, freedom. That's why we're much happier with that lifestyle. So how do you guys stay motivated? Like some people have vision boards or some people have a website with a picture of where they want to go, what they want to do. How do you guys keep focused on your goal for financial independence? Yeah, I feel like we've tried a lot of different ways about doing it. We don't technically have a vision board, but we kind of picture a future not too long from now where we could spend a month in France visiting vineyards. You know, we sort of have this idea of what we would do being financially independent. So it's an exciting picture. It's not just, we don't just say we're going to retire at 35 and then don't fill in the picture. I think that helps a lot, having a crystal clear endpoint so you can kind of get 
excited that way. We also set like smaller goals. So we did like a 90-day frugality challenge at the end of last year. We learned a lot and we saved a lot. But in the next week here, we're actually doing a trip to Hawaii. So during the challenge, we knew we had this big reward to look forward to at the end of it. So that's like a micro example of how that little challenge fits in with the bigger picture. The biggest part for motivation for me that I've learned, if you need motivation daily for something, then maybe, I don't know, I feel like if you need to remind yourself why you're motivated about it, then maybe you're not, maybe that's not a good goal to strive for. Maybe people struggle with defining what it is that they really want. Like I was saying before, change the word retirement and make it a trip to Barcelona where you're, you know, having dinner along the beach or something. Maybe it's crystal clear in your in your mind. I think that helps a lot. Okay, great. So how do you divvy that up? You mentioned you do a lot of the cooking. So I know some couples feel like, oh, we got to go 50-50 and others kind of pick and choose what they're good at. How did that discussion go with you guys? For us, I mean, we see it 100% we're on the same team. So, you know, everything gets pulled together. We've never had a discussion over you know, splitting it 50-50 or anything like that. I think for us, since we're both going towards the same end results, you know, we're on the same page. We communicate really well if one of us wants to buy something that's, you know, quote-unquote outside our budget. You know, for us, we see it as we're on the same, you know, same team and we just combine everything together. If you're like us, you probably have quite a number of accounts between the two of you, including your old 401ks. It can be difficult to stay on top of everything, especially when your old employer switches providers, which is what happened with my husband. Here's where our sponsor Capitalize can help. Capitalize helps you find and roll over an old 401k into an IRA of your choice for free. They handle the entire process. And yes, that includes calling your old employer or the 401k provider on your behalf. If you're ready to make managing your old 401ks much easier, find out more at simplifyandenjoy.com slash capitalize. Before we wrap up, I want to share a few key takeaways I got after reviewing my discussion with Matt. The first is books are a fantastic resource to learn more. Funny enough, one reason why I love books is the same reason why I enjoy podcasts. They're so accessible. There are some great free podcasts out there that can take you through different situations with your finances. Here at Couple Money, we focus on that intersection of marriage and money. But if you have another interest with finances, there's probably a podcast that covers that as well. With books, what I love about them is you can explore different options at your local library. They're free. And the ones that you find that you know are keepers, they motivate you, they give you the clear direction you're looking for, you can go ahead and buy. They're very affordable, very accessible. So look for the resources that are around you and are available now to help give you that foundation of knowledge so you can improve your finances. The second takeaway is build up to become a super saver. Matt definitely went above and beyond most people with reading personal finance book, he mentioned he read over a hundred of them. You don't need to start off there. But if you also noticed, it didn't benefit him until he actually started taking action. So even small steps can put you ahead. Another interesting habit that they had was how they approached their spending plan. 
It's definitely different, and it was incremental. I think what made it work is that they combined reviewing the numbers of what they were spending along with conversations about the value they were getting from it. Becoming a super saver is meaningless unless it's moving you closer to your goals, improving your finances. So they were having these conversations to define their priorities and their values. It made it easier to cut back on certain expenses and keep others or redirect the money towards other goals. Finally, automation can be your friend. As simple as it sounds, automating those transfers can make things go so much smoother and easier, especially if the two of you are busy. If you notice, he mentioned two different apps that allowed them to automatically track their spending. Don't get hung up on what particular tool he's using. There's some great ones out there. As long as you find a tool that you're comfortable with, that can do a lot of the tedious work of tracking and automating that information, then that can give you the time and energy to spend on the deeper conversations about what you're spending and why, and then you can make those adjustments accordingly. The challenge is whether you are paying off debt or saving for something big, you're going to need some cash to knock those goals out. Don't forget, we have a free course called 5 Days to 5K. It's a week-long email series that walks you through how to look at your finances together so you can find, save, and earn more money for those goals. You can grab everything for free over at couplemoney.com 5K. I want this to be your best year ever. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm going to include links in the show notes to the resources we mentioned, along with some other handy tools so that you can save money more easily over at Couple Money. Don't forget, in about two weeks, we're going to be doing a Q&A episode, and I'd love to include your questions. Just send them in. If you already signed up for our weekly emails, you have my address, or you can just hit reply to any of them. I personally read all of them. And if you just want to send it in anonymously, I do have a form over at couplemoney.com slash mailbag. I want this podcast to give you the tools and tips that you need to have some big wins this year. The music today was provided by various artists over at Audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for being a part of our community. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.